0: Welcome to another edition of the Books and Culture podcast. I'm Stan Guthrie, and with me as always is Books and Culture's editor, John Wilson. And John, before we turn on the microphones today, we were talking about how much you like to go to the Wheaton Public Library and go to their book sales and pick up a hardcover for a dollar and maybe a paperback for 50 cents. What's that all about? What's on your mind today? Well, the first thing that's on my mind today is Thomas Berger a novelist who died just a couple days ago. And I saw his obituary, and it made me think about reading his books. I started reading his books in the 1960s and have read him over the years. I haven't read them all, but he's representative of a large group of writers who, on the one hand, he had more success than the average writer. He had a very long career, a very productive career, Four of his books were made into movies, the best known being Little Big Man. And on the other hand, if you went to a whole slew of colleges and universities today and looked at the reading lists, does Thomas Berger show up? He wouldn't show up on many of them. And if you look at books where people are talking about these are the really important writers of the last 50 years, He wouldn't show up in those kinds of lists. And seeing Thomas Berger and thinking about him reminded me of being at the Wheaton Public Library just a couple of days ago and looking at the shelf where they put books that are being weeded out from the library's collection, which is, as you know, an ongoing process. And also they'll sometimes put donations there. You can tell when you look at that shelf, what particular sections they're going through. So, yeah. for instance, one of the things that they have been going through right now, and this is, it poses a real temptation for me, is they're going through their literary reference section. Oh, man. And you shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're putting out these nice reference books for a dollar a piece. Of course, they're doing it not just in kind of want and disregard, but first of all, Many of them are old, but also people aren't using them very much because they tend, if they're looking anything up like that, they tend to be using sources on the web. You know, I see these for a dollar a piece, and I feel like, oh, I should get all of these, but <laughs> that wouldn't be wise. Yeah, and, uh... you better ask Wendy first. <laughs> but I also looked, and I saw that they were cleaning out the bees in fiction. For instance, they had several novels... By the writer Elizabeth Bowen, a very good writer. They had several other writers from the Bees where they had four or five books running along together that Mm -hmm. they had discarded, just like Berger. Now, there weren't any Thomas Berger books there, and I don't know whether that means that they're not discarding any or they've already discarded some and somebody snapped them up or what, but... The conjunction of that display and then reading about Thomas Berger's death just made me think a little bit about how we talk about writers and there's a tendency, I think, to put too much emphasis, first of all, on great writers. I Nothing against holding up great writers. and I'm not sneering at the classics or anything like that. I have no agenda like that. On the other hand, that can easily go off the rails. It can become a kind of idolizing, and also it can put people off. When you're telling someone you have to read this, this is great, this is great, 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 you have to read this. Or on the other hand, it may not be classics, but when you're talking about contemporary writing, there's also a kind of pecking order to determine what's supposed to be important with a capital I. If you write a novel about a certain historical subject, it's considered to be very important. With a capital I, your book is more important. Or you know, there are all kinds of judgments like that. I was thinking how much I value a lot of writers who don't quite fit on those high up and you know the And you know, Thomas Berger would be one. Another one who I greatly value, and who in his own time was rated quite high by some observers of American fiction was the writer Wright Morris, Mm -hmm. who also was a superb photographer as well as being a wonderful writer. And, And again, had a very long career and certainly was not without awards and so on. And yet, if you went to those English departments we were talking about and looked to see, is anyone reading Wright Morris there? Is anyone writing about him? And so on and so on. The answer would be, for the most part, no. It's just like he's practically disappeared. That's even more true of people who write in the realm of so-called genre fiction, except for the ones who are right at the top of the field now. So that if you look at someone, to take just one name, a British writer named Elizabeth Farrars, F-E-R-R-A-R-S, who was published in the United States under the pen name E.X. Ferrars, which she didn't choose. One of her American publishers thought Elizabeth Ferrars wasn't catchy enough, and so they just gave her an X, you know, (laughs) an E.X. Ferrars. And I think I mentioned on one of our podcasts a couple of years ago that I had never read her, and I actually discovered her via a discard at the library. I read one of those books and found it very good, and I ended up reading dozens of books by her. People ask me sometimes for lists. I mean, literally every week, people ask me, could you give me a list of you know, important books to read or books that I should read on this or what really matters? And that's not a bad question. But I also want to say, go to your local public library and literally pick four or five books off the discard shelf that no one is telling you, you have to read this, And you may not like all of them. Some of them you may read five pages and say, nah, not for me, you know. But open yourself imaginatively to the world of Elizabeth Bowen or Thomas Berger or Elizabeth Farrars, whatever the case might be. For the ones that you connect with, you'll discover some wonderful things. Each writer's way of seeing the world, however modest, you know, it's not going to... Totally change your life, and it's not going to completely reorient you. But it gives you, as C.S. Lewis talks about, the sense of being outside yourself and sharing the perception of another person without losing your own identity. It's a really wonderful experience. It's something that is open to us as long as we're willing to make that imaginative engagement. That's what I thought about when reading. Thomas Berger's obituary, I hope a few of our listeners will head to their local library and check out the discard shelf. Before I let you go, John, since we're talking about Berger, can you recommend one novel that people could get started on? We mentioned Little Big Man, which is his best known. He wrote several novels about a character, Reinhardt, the first one of which is, I believe, called Crazy in Berlin. And that one, I think, came out in the late 50s, and then he wrote more after that. He also wrote a novel that was one of the ones that was made into a movie called Neighbors. And it was one of a number of books he's written in which a setting of sort of ordinary, everyday American life turns out to be menacing in a way that's both funny but also unsettling. So those would be three different aspects of his many-sided career.